too. What's going on, Philly? What's going on? Back for another edition of The Drunkest on Broad. I am your host, Happy 420, Rich Conroy. Joined alongside my producer. What's up, guys? Oscar back at it again, you know. Don Juan. What's going on, people? And we can't forget about the daddy, a.k.a. Daddy Hacks, a.k.a. I hit Cooper River South. What's up? <laughs> Splash Zone, baby. <laughs> What's uh? We in here like somewhere. <laughs> swinging that big bad boy, dude. He was, he was swinging the freshy, dude. He was he, right. he, he 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 was looking a little rough on Sunday, but then all of a sudden he picked up Baby Abel. He got like three pumps in, dude. No, nope. flexing the guns. And then what happens? He puts one in the drink because that's what he does. If you didn't nice. know, me and Nick are on a softball team. We are the Goonies. Sunday mornings, two and zero. Oh. Happy about nice. that. Happy about that. 2-0, baby. Let's go. Richie, also, we're, we're going to give Richie a shout-out because the first game, what was the, we we gave up three runs, but he had literally zero earned runs. It's, like, impossible to do that in slow-pitch softball. In slow-pitch softball, I let up three unearned runs in the first inning. Wow. And I got the win. I got the win 6-3. We did not wow. hit that well in the first game. But no. it was everybody's first game, so I was happy about that. But today's show is a positive show. Because it is 420, it is a good day for all of us on this podcast. Why? Because we're here. We're here and we're doing what we love and we're talking Philly sports. Right. Drunk on positive vibes. Today, all what are positivity. We all positivity, Don. We are going to talk about the things that make us excited for the upcoming seasons or this season. Don put together some great transitions and great graphics for you guys. I'm super excited to show you. It's going to be a beautiful day. Don, thank you for all the hard work. Oscar, thank you for not doing anything. And Nick, I love your bucket hat. <laughs> We're all bringing something to the table. Yeah, Oscar just decides to show up with an empty cup, and he's just dipping it in our gravy. That's all he's that's, doing right I now. mean, that's the best part. Like that. <laughs> Gentlemen, How about that? <laughs> to a great episode, cheers. 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 I'm trying to do my best, uh, as Rich would say. Who do I look like? My best schoolboy cue for you. I love it, dude. Schoolboy's my schoolboy's my dude, so I will take nice. it. So when we start off today, well, before we start off today, how are we today? What, what's going on? Is everybody doing good? Positive vibes? Are they flowing? Or are we good? Doing good. I, I was lo- like when you when you sent out the the agenda, we were looking at like what to talk about. Like the it made me f- the positivity made me feel super nostalgic. So like I had to bust out the the, the, the Eagles it. hat from when I was a kid, the, you know, the, the, the brims kind of wearing away is almost <laughs> nothing left breaking out the, the Randall Cunningham Jersey from the, just, just feeling nostalgic, feeling the stuff from my childhood and just kind of trying to feed off those vibes. And just, you know, we went to, we, we went to get some water ice this afternoon, just outside Ooh. enjoying the weather. So, Ooh. you know, it's all positive vibes, all good stuff. It. Nick, what about you, buddy? I mean, I'm feeling good too, man. I mean, uh, Phillies are off to a good start today. It's a good help. Um, Sixers had a tough game yesterday. I mean, I'm not like I said, I'm not worried about it, but I had to pull out my nostalgic. Sorry, wrong sleeve. This is the uh, as 
This is the number one prospect in baseball. Never panned out. Dominic Brown jersey right here. <laughs> you guys remember. Wow. I loved him when he was coming up. Got his jersey. And then it was all downhill from there. Not sure if it was him or if it was the Phillies. A little bit of both. Just show some of our blind loyalty. We buy these jerseys and, and like these players because we're told that they're going to be good. So, but other than that, we're good. Phillies are playing good right now, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be in a good mood today. <laughs> we're just gonna roll with it until something, it. Bad, until something right. bad happens. We're gonna roll with it until Mickey Moniac gets a hit. Oscar, how are you feeling? I'm actually feeling pretty good, a lot better. Um, no Super League, so I'm happy. You know, you know, it shows that fans could actually make a change, and like it's crazy because. All these millionaire owners thought they were invincible. They were just like, "What? They're gonna, they're gonna be mad about it." But what are they gonna do? They're not owners. And then guess what happened? They, they, they backtracked so fast it was not even funny. I'm super happy and I'm super excited that there is no super league and that everything can Thank just you, go to normal. Oh, dope. Sorry, I think I pulled it off by accident. Nope, you're good, Chris. Thank you. No, uh, you know the. All, all the positive vibes that we've been getting through, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks of, you know, getting phone calls from people from, you know, Channel 3 and being on the news and all the stuff. It's just that kind of stuff was kind of overwhelming um, in a sense. But it was, uh, you know, again, great, great positive vibes. And then I had the kids. Uh, we had kids back in the building uh, live and direct from Markley Street. So we were uh, <laughs> we were. You know, half the kids are at home, half the kids are at school. So, you know, them coming in and, you know, wanting to take pictures with the check and touch the check. And it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. You know, the kids are, are, are and, and like, how often do you get, as a kid, do you get the chance to, you know, pose with a, yeah, big, check. A, a, a big giant $10,000 check? So like, like taking selfies with it and stuff. It's great it, though. You know and what it, it reminded yeah. me of? It reminded me of semi-pro. One Jackie Moon <laughs> gives uh who was it the uh, the dude the drunken dude who makes the half court shot the giant check he's like I tried to take it to my bank man and I couldn't cash he's like no you have to take it to a giant check bank <laughs> a giant check bank oh man That's let's awesome. just keep positive vibes going let's just keep it rolling and we're gonna go right into it what we are gonna dive into first we are going to talk about a positive vibe for your Philadelphia Eagles. Roll the clip. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles! Super excited. Don, that's a great graphic. Thank you for that. Oscar, yeah. I'm stepping on your toes. <laughs> I'm really sorry. When I say roll the graphic, just do it. No, that's my bad. I that's mean, that's what I just I figured. You said roll the graphic. Yes, sir. You know, like. <laughs> oh, got to keep you on your toes. So I think I'm going to start off this positive vibes for your Philadelphia Eagles. What I am looking forward to the most is not only having 11 picks and the most picks in this NFL draft, but hoping that we get one right. We get one draft pick right. I am positive that we are going to hit on one late round pick. We are going to be surprised, but they are going to be the ones that change us. Next week, I didn't tell the group, but next next week we are going to do a draft episode. We are going to come up with our best five picks that we all think we want to see in Midnight Green. So we were going to get into that next week. 
But as of right now, I think that the Eagles, there's a lot of positives. You know, you have 11, you have 11 draft picks this year. You have three first round picks potentially in the, in the next two years. A lot of things can go right. So looking on the positive, give Howie those 11 picks. Who cares? I, I understand he sucks at drafting. We, we understand that. Yeah. But he's got to get some right, right? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Don, what do you, what do you got? You, what do you, what you, you know, as a, you know, and my positive vibe on that is, is kind of along the same lines. I'm looking at, you know, with 11 picks this year, like I, I geek out about the draft. I, I get just as frustrated with the draft picks over the last couple of years. But I feel like if you've got 11, you got to run into a couple of starters. You got to run into a couple of things that are going to be good and beneficial for your roster. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that, that someone hijacks, uh, here's my other positive vibe. I'm going to, I'm going to hope someone hijacks Alec Hallaby out of the Novacare complex <laughs> and gives, uh, you know, maybe, you know, kind of substitute teachers into the, to the role and feeds Howie Roseman, uh, Devonte Smythe from, uh, Bama as, as, <laughs> as, as, as a guy or like just, I'm just saying I'm hoping that they get the first couple of picks that they're just the best player available because there are so many needs. Agreed. Nick, what do you got, buddy? I don't know. My light is bugging out above me, as you guys can see. Um, That's not really positive vibes. God knows that we're like trying to be positive. And he's like, I'm just going to shit all over your guys. You guys are talking about the Eagles. You guys are talking about the Eagles. Never (laughs) Eagles positives. Light flick, light flick. Seriously. Um, I mean, it's the only positive really that you have is the draft, right? You have those 11 picks. Now there's more chatter about Carolina shopping their picks. So does Howie trade want to move up? It's possible. Do I trust him? No. I mean, <laughs> you said you said one out of 11. I'll take that, but that's still only 9%. You know what I mean? He's still hitting 9% of his I'd picks. rather have 9%, Nick. That's true. Nine is better than zero. Um, so you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, the, th- the thing is, is that's really the only thing to be positive about. Um, the other positive that I did see was, you know, it was beautiful. It kind of is going viral at the Phillies game yesterday. The, Eagle, the Phillies fans are chanting fire how and it's going. That's we awesome. need that to stay relevant. We need that yeah. to be wildfire that catches, right? The only way – that's cool. Because everybody everybody says that the Eagles front office pays attention to the news. They pay attention to what people are saying, right? If we stay on the fire, Howie, I mean, it's just going to put more pressure on him. But then the ultimately, then I think, does he really try and go think outside the box this, this you know, in two weeks from now? Does he try and make a crazy pick? Does he really sell the farm and be like, we well, you know what, they're, they're out to get me. I need to sell the farm and try and get one of those top four quarterbacks. Does he try and do that? It's possible. Nick, we are nine days away, bud. We are nine days away from the NFL draft. There's a and lot of chatter. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. I mean, I want to bring Chip's question yeah. back up because to me, it makes sense. So, a good question today Demont Smith and JC Horn, both available at 12. Who do you take? We all know who I'm taking. I'm taking JC Horn. But I also was listening. I just, I'm sorry, Nick. I just wanted to interject. Yeah. I was listening to Rob Motti on Sunday. Uh, we were driving back from the game and uh, I dropped Pat off. And Rob Motti actually says a very, um, a very good topic of about. Hold on one second. Awesome. You like that? Hold, hold that. Thought. Yeah. Hold that. 
That was good. <laughs> Caught Oscar off guard. I saw Oscar look at the same time I did, and he just can't control himself. <laughs> I literally, I just clicked on it, and I was just like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I mean, for like, I, I think you got to build through the defense. You know, Rich, I think your, 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 your love of J.C. Horn is everything, anything and everything is – they, I think you got to build the the miss at twelve can't be a miss. It's got to be a guy who's got to be a building block. And I think at twelve, the value of getting a, a DB at twelve is going to be better than the value of getting the wide receiver at twelve. I think you can still hit on a wide receiver in the second, third, fourth, in, in those later rounds where the value of a DB that you can put opposite Slay and leave him alone. And, you know, JC Horn is a guy who's, you know, I'll take Joe Horn's kid any day of the week. Agreed. I'm going to take, I have no idea why everything in my household is just going crazy. Positive vibes is literally killing you. Positive vibes. vibes. It should not be the name of the show because it's just, everything is just going haywire. (laughs) Dogs going crazy. It's just fantastic. Now I'm just getting annoyed. But as I was saying, Rob Motti made a point and his point was in the past 15 years, almost in the past, actually 25, no wide receiver drafted in the first round by their respected team has made an impact in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, except one year this past year, and that was Mike Evans. First-round wide receivers do not make an impact as much as building a defense, because we all know defense wins championships. I am not going to be consumed with the whole Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, if we get Elijah Moore in the second round, or we get Bateman in the second round, if that Mm -hmm. even happens, but he's... I mean, they're saying Kadarius Tony is going to jump in front and probably be a top 10 pick now from Florida because he's got all the intangibles. I'm not going to get wrapped up in the offensive side of the ball. I, I honestly don't care at this point. I just want to fix that defense. I want that defense to go back to when we had guys like Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, and a bunch of dudes who... <laughs> Charles Johnson. Yeah, Charles Johnson, who couldn't fucking play but we had a defense with yeah. corners like Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Brian Dawkins, Quentin Michael. Give me those defensive backs. Give me a, 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 a Jeremiah Trotter in the middle-esque stop-the-run type of guy, middle linebacker. Give me a guy who's one ready to crack some heads. I don't care about a wide receiver because, let's be real, he's not going to make an impact on this team right away. Nick, what do you think? I'm on, I'm in the same page as you guys. Um, I just think there's too many holes on this team to take that receiver. I think that Howie – my inclination is that Howie will take the receiver if both available just because he's missed on it so much and he feels like yeah. this is a no-brainer, he's going to get it right. And that's also an issue, right? If you didn't get it right, you can't keep going back to the same well and being like, I'm going to get it right now. Um, give me J.C. Horn. And at 12, I would either take it's, – if it's not going to be J.C. Horn available, then I'm trying to get Micah Parsons. Agreed. I, I think can, Micah Parsons would probably be a better fit. I can put him in the middle of my defense. He can cover. He can run. He can sack. He can, you know, he can do everything, and he can be my quarterback. And he's a freak athlete, right? He's like that new hybrid style. You see, San Francisco uses Fred Warner. Um, you see those guys that are flying all over the field. Like, so I would want that if I can't get J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn and Darius Slay. Then I'm going man man coverage, and I'm mm-hmm. saying, okay, your receivers on my corners. Met a best man win. 
And we it, need that, especially with my safety, frees up my safeties to just play. Yes. You know, you play deep, but then you can play the run more. You can bring them up on pressure more. You can play more dime package and have a corner blitz. It gives you more more flexibility. Now, we don't have Jim Schwartz anymore, so um, we'll have to see what Gannon's style is. The Colts play an aggressive, they play an aggressive defense, they do. but their best player is Darius Leonard, right? They're yeah. the linebacker. So, so they might they might think, okay, let me get let me get Micah Parsons and he can play that role and he can just be my guy that gets 160 tackles, controls the whole defense and everything goes through him. That's where I would be. I would avoid offense in every in every way. I'm okay with maybe packaging some of those second round picks and getting Terrence Marshall, Elijah Moore. I'll take that all day long. They're both SEC receivers that have that are successful. They're both schools that have proven that the receivers that come in the come into the league are successful. Right, they have a program. So, um, give me defense. That's what we want. We want that Jim Johnson era defense back, baby. That's what we want. I want that. Devonta Smith goes where in the draft? Uh, we'll touch on this next week, but I, I don't see him falling. Honestly, yeah. I don't see him falling out of the top fifteen. If, yeah, if he gets past twenty, I'd be blown away. Yeah, I would just think that people are just overthinking the Heisman hype, and right. me, I think that's just foolish. I don't, I don't. I don't agree with that. Devonta Smith was dominant at his position. Granted, they had a great offensive line. Granted, they had one of the best quarterbacks to ever come through Alabama in Mac Jones, um, skill-wise, talent-wise. And it's so funny because the dude's like chubby, but the, the dude can play and the dude can run. So he's got the he's got the tangibles to be a, to be a good prospect in the NFL. But like you said, Nick, you give me Michael Parsons holding down the middle all day. Or you give me J.C. Horn, who I've been high on for how long now? Right. Put him outside with Darius Slay, and you're just you need that. With you see the the three wide receivers and probably the other skill player that Dallas is going to draft this year. You look at what Washington just did with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, and I mean they they only got better. Thomas, yeah. And then I at the Giants with yeah Galladay. Galladay, like you're. You can't have Darius Slay being the only corner you have and then going in with a bunch of guys from Acme. It's not going to happen. Go ahead, Don. Go ahead. Uh, I, listen, I wouldn't hate if they picked a tackle at that at, at that spot either. You know, I, you know, a guy like like Rashawn Slater is yeah. a guy who I'd be totally fine with at 12 because, you know, let's be honest, their offensive line is, you know, one or two injuries away from being a mash unit right away. Um even if you took a guy like Christian Derrishaw, if you, you know, if you get a chance to, if someone wants to move up to twelve and you move back to one spot, two spots, and he's a guy you take in the teens, I'm okay with that. Um, but you can't miss on this pick. I if, think you wanna, if you want to, if you want to start building, building back this team, I think you've got to build it where teams are built. You either build it, you got to build it in the trenches and you got to build it on the outside. And then on the outside on the defense, I think it's a no brainer at 12 if you take any one of those guys we just talked about. Agreed. And I think um, what, like you said, I loved your points. Um, why do we bring back Jordan Howard? Because he was cheap. That's yeah. pretty much it. There's the system, even though it's a completely new system. Yeah. It's ooh, that was it's one of the dumbest it's, moves. He's cheap. He's cheap. That's what it is. The guy literally thought he was not going to have a job in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles bring him back. That's just dumb. But Don, I mean, every, everything you said was hit hit on the head. Yeah. I mean, and the good thing is, well, the bad thing and the good thing. The bad thing is, I wish we still had somebody in position like uh like a John Dorsey to be able to build with these eleven draft picks. But yet again, we're stuck with Howie. It is what it is. Positive vibes. 
So hopefully he hits on 9% of his draft picks would just be one um, bad positive vibes. Of course, as soon as we start the podcast. Yeah, I just saw it. Wheeler let up two dingers, one the Buster Posey, and then he just let up one to some guy who looks like he's 5'6". I was Tommy Lestella, former oh, Lestella. Yeah. Uh, AKA uh, poor man's Joe panic from back in the day. Yeah. Wow. Bust out. That's a bust out right there. Joe panic, man. That was Joe Barth's guy back in the day. Wow. So we are going to transition into our next positive vibes. We are going to go with your Philadelphia fly guys. I did it again. I did it again, Oscar. My bad. <laughs> I did it again. Positive vibes. Don, you are the fly guy. You are the fly guy of March, April, May, June, the biggest win they've had all season. What is your positive vibes? It's almost over. <laughs> I mean, let, let's let, let's be honest. That This team we thought was going to be uh, – that, that had some potential to move forward and, and build around some guys that we thought had young talent. You know, they had some young defensive guys that were on the come. And it, it kind of reminds me of the exact opposite of the Eagles Super Bowl season, where like on the Eagles Super Bowl season, every move they made panned out. <laughs> this season, nothing played out. It almost went worse in a sense where they they lost value with their goalie, who they thought was the young stud building block, that now you start to question. The next Bernie Perrant. Correct. Like, we we all were saying that uh, this time last year. Agreed. I, I was 100, 100% on board with that. It's almost <laughs> over. <people. Yes. laughs> it's almost over. He has no word. <laughs> listen, you know, I I can't. It's it's I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily in a position right now to trash this team. No, no. There's a lot of positives. Like, but if there's you look a at the, youth. There, there, there's some youth, and I think the youth is the positive thing that you have to focus on if you're going to say what can we build on moving forward. You're going to find out what you have. You got a lot of young kids that you're going to bring up that you're going to find out what you have, and hopefully they can. Yeah, the they might have the opportunity to maybe even if you've got to eat some of the money, unload some of the old talent that's burdening this roster, and maybe just give those guys the opportunity to just play and see what you have. I have nothing. I have nothing to add besides the season is almost over. Nick, what do you have before we address Oscar's uh, Phillies jersey? Um, I mean, there's not much to say. They're gonna they're gonna make some changes, hopefully. Not like necessarily coaching and front office changes, but they need to make roster changes um, wholeheartedly. Um, we talked about it, you know, being able to trade some of those guys at the deadline. People just aren't going to trade for those guys. They're, they're making too much money, and they're not good enough right now to get anything back. So they're going to have to eat some money, play with younger guys next year. And, you know, the goalie is not really the problem for me. I just think he has no confidence and he has no help in front of him. So it's hard to be really good when you're – you know, it's it's a team sport, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's not like a quarterback where he can kind of control things. You know, you're a goalie, right? If you're getting 50 shots a night every night, 
<laughs> there's nothing you can. It's do. just like it's, it's not you. really fifty shots, but it feels like it, right? Like every time I watch or I listen to them, like they're turning it over. It's just it's just very sloppy. So we'll we'll just leave it at that. I don't have any. There's nothing. As positive as I'll be with them. <laughs> positive thing about the flyer. It's almost over, guys. It's almost over. I want Johnny Hockey. Who's Johnny Hockey? Is there a prospect out there? Johnny Hockey? Who's Johnny Hockey? Is hey, coach? Johnny, uh, Johnny Goudreau? He's a Jersey boy. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Gotcha. I was like, wait, what? Is he, still, is he still playing for Cal- Is he still playing for the Flames? Is he playing? I can't remember where he's he's Probably. I mean, I'm guessing he's a free agent if that's what he's saying. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. When we, when we do our end of season uh, flyers for each a year, year in review, a year in review of the flyers. We'll make sure we touch on that, Oscar. So before we move on to the Phillies, yeah. Why are you wearing that jersey? Is it because your Yankees are playing like absolute dog shit? Uh, it's just you know, it's just where it's 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 a nice jersey. I wonder where you got that from. You know, that's funny because the cat. <laughs> True, they get it from Nick. <laughs> What's up with your positive vibes to your, yeah. in your, in your Phillies jersey? We want to hear it. The fans want to know. You want to know? I just really love this jersey. I don't know. It just always has good luck with me. So, you know, I just wear it every once in a while. And so happened to be, I'm going to wear it tonight. Why not? Right? It's a, it's a Cliff Lee jersey, baby. You know, you can't yeah. go wrong. I, know. I, I actually had the, yeah. uh, the black Cliff Lee jersey too, but then something spilled on it in the garage and it like ruined the whole left side. So I had to get rid of it. So transitioning into the swing of the best, him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. I did it again, Oscar. Jesus yeah, Christ. I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I can't. All right. Next time, you have the last one. I'm not going to touch anything. Hands are going to be up here. Good fact. Please, <laughs> our baby Yankees. On the come on, Joey. It's okay. Shut up, Joey. <laughs> Bumski. Don't come on here talking that trash. Hey, yeah. I mean, just how many titles we have, bro? Whatever. Oh, my God. How many are you alive for? Two. Oscar, how many are you alive for? Two. Oh, like kind of like five. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is? We were making fun of Tony. We were making fun of Tony for being a Mets fan. And they're, they're right now leading the NFC East. So, the Tony, NFC East. Laura, shout out to you guys. The what is it? The MLB East. We were like the NFC East. I was like the NFC East. I mean, yeah, same thing. Same, same thing. They could pro- they could probably beat the Eagles. Let's be real. I yeah. mean, no arguments on my end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Grom will go out there and throw like nineteen touchdown passes from five hundred yards away. But anyway, seriously, he's he's a stud. My positive vibe. I want to take the lead on this because I think we can all agree especially after Sunday, Aaron Nola is an ace. Aaron Nola has top-tier stuff. That curveball was working. The changeup was working. The fastball moves. There's not much you can say to to argue the fact that he is not an ace. Like Chip likes to argue by old standards. Yes, he's not the Randy Johnson like you guys talked about last night. He's not the Randy Johnson. He's not the Roger Clemens. He's He's not the – the typical A standard ace. I get that. He's not Nolan Ryan going out there at 45, throwing 140 pitches. But like we said, the game changed. The game changed. 
But Aaron Nola went out there. He threw his first complete game. How my entire team sucks. <laughs> That's know. awesome. But how can we honestly argue the fact that he's not an ace? And that's what, to me, what I don't understand with people when they throw out names like DeGrom and Scherzer and Cole, how Aaron Nola's not up there. Aaron Nola had a shit lineup for, what, four years behind him? Yeah, his wins aren't that great, but look at DeGrom. His aren't either. But they still have the numbers to back everything up. And that's what I don't understand is when people want to mention ace, that they leave him off. Because right now, there might be three pitchers in baseball better than that. And that's it. And one of them being Joe Musgrove from the Padres, who's dealing. Shane Bieber, who's dealing. And DeGrom, who is dealing. We could have had Musgrove for cheap, too. That's the stuff that annoys me. So Chip wants to say consistency. Nola has always been consistent. There's never been games where Nola went out there and let up 10 earned runs, no earned runs, nine earned runs. He's always been in like the low threes, except one season, I think it was 2016, where he was like 3.98 or in the fours. So we can argue consistency, but he's always been consistent. I've watched baseball. I've watched the Phillies. I've watched Aaron Nola pitch. There's never been back-to-back games where he's letting up five runs, he's letting up six, he's letting up seven. Like he's consistently good and gives you the best chance to win. He's just had shit lineups. Nick, what do you think about this Aaron Nola thing? I mean, I love Aaron Nola. Um, from, so what Chip is saying with the consistency thing, it's not necessarily what you're saying, Rich. If you look at his numbers career-wise, once we get to September, he fades, man, big time. His numbers drastically change. I don't know if that's um, just the weather. It's wear and tear on his arm. It could be a bunch of things. I know like a couple years ago when they were trying to get in the playoffs, they went to the, they went him on four days rest, rest and he just was not himself. Okay. Some guys just can't pitch on four days rest, you know what I mean? And that really inflated his ERA for the season, even though he's a better pitcher than what those numbers suggested, obviously. I mean, it, I can't say that I'd be good going – not everybody is built like how Justin Verlander was where he would be able to throw 112 pitches. Then two days later, he'd be like, yeah, I can throw 56, and I'll still be in the high 90s. Like, that's not normal. Um, so he's, he's not like he, – if you're telling me there, there's probably five or six guys I would take over him. I'm just that's just me personally, based on my stuff. I think that if if we're going into a playoff game and he's on the mound, I feel comfortable in our team. That's that's really how I look at it. Um, obviously, there's a couple guys you can look at. And you're like, all right, no doubt he's better. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. For him to be in that category, he needs to be consistently, you know, a top five guy all the way through and be in that Cy Young race, like that Cy Young talk. Obviously, with DeGrom, it's almost impossible for you to win, right, in the NL. But if he finishes top three, you know, if he finishes two or three, then you're like, okay, this guy really is an ace. Because, I mean, there's every game, even when he doesn't have a great game, he's he's making people look dumb just because he just has that natural movement on his ball. Um, But, you know, and then some days he's only throwing 92, 93. That matters to people, too. I mean, if you're getting people out, I don't care. But – that's that's where I, that's where I'm at, I'm at with it. I like him, but I, um, you know, he's he's good. He's good enough. He's he's on that like second tier of aces, as I would say. You know what I mean? He's not one of those top elite guys that you that you'd have, and you're like, okay, this is the guy I want. But he's he's definitely like if you have him, there's not going to be any GM that's like I'm going to get Aaron Nola. I'm going to be really annoyed by that. Like I don't want him. You know what I mean? Right, Don. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I mean, for, like for me, I look at like. I think your point, Rich, of saying like the back-to-back outings, 
if there is like every every guy goes out there and at some point during that that you know one of their you know 20 plus starts they're not all insanely good starts so i think the biggest thing that i look at and something that i look at him and say he's more he's more ace than he is not okay so because of that that the, the ability to kind of bounce back and not consistently have bad stretches and when he's on he's unhittable uh, I mean, you you look at that game that he that that complete game that he pitched the other day, and, and the Cardinals are not a slouch of a lineup. No, I mean, you're you're talking about Nolan Arenado in the middle of that lineup. Goldschmidt isn't what he was, but he can still hit. Yeah, but he can still hit. Yadier has already started the season in the high three hundreds. So, so he he wasn't going out there, and you know, they weren't playing like. The, the the bad news bears like they were put they, yeah. it, was, it was a good lineup so i think f- i look at his ability to consistently bounce back from bad starts as a quality of an ace okay and when he does bounce back he normally bounces back with dominant stuff so i think his ability to be able to get your team as that stopper Especially with considering what they have on the back end of their bullpen, yeah. the back end, the back end of their starting rotation, where they're talking with, with Moore and with Anderson. Listen, I need less of Moore. I don't need to see <laughs> any. I, I don't need to see him at all. I stole that from Chip. I actually have a shirtsy. I have a I have a shirtsy, Chris. I have a JT Remington shirtsy. I will wear it next week. Let's go on to Nick. Well, besides the fact that Alec Boehm just hit a bomb. Yeah, um, just I, I can hear it right next to me. Nick, what is your positive vibes for the Phillies? Um, yeah, I'm kind of looking a little differently. Like, you know, we know what players we have. Um, I'm kind of optimistic about what happened last, you know, in the offseason with making the changes in the front office. I think that that's only going to bode well for us in the future because they're going to draft with a different mindset and they're going to sign players with a different mindset with – you know, um, what's his name? Oh, McPhail, your dad's favorite player. Your dad's McPhail. favorite player. <laughs> That's what my dad would say. McPhail and Clentac and their puppet that they had Kapler before that. They were they were strictly oh we're gonna we're gonna be with the new model of the MLB. We're gonna be all analytical. You know, and then what do we end up with? We end up with Mickey Moniac. So it's like, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with Mickey Moniak. It's not his fault. He got taken number one overall, but he shouldn't have been taken number one overall. You know what I mean? No high school kid should ever be drafted number one overall. Unless they're Ken Griffey Jr. or Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, that's two different types of players. You're talking about two generational generational talents, and then you're bringing up Mickey Moniak, who still doesn't have a base hit. Well, no, I'm saying, like, also you look at the physical frame, you look at the competition level, you look at the power. He never had power in high school. You know what I mean? It's like it wasn't like he was hitting 30 home runs. Have you, seen, have you seen his swing at the major league level? Yeah. It is one of the worst swings. He short arms it and he cannot hit a breaking ball. I'm done, with, I'm done with the whole center field experience. Let's just trade for they, one. They just they didn't they, they I mean they, they neglected that position. And I, I think Dombrowski, um I don't know if he was hamstrung by how much Middleton wanted to spend. You know, they said that Middleton didn't want to be in the luxury tax, but 
my argument there is you're a top five market. I don't want to hear any of that. Where right? you want to win, you spend all that money for Bryce Harper and JT Romuto. You you can't. There's no excuses. You can't say I don't want to go to the luxury tax. Once you commit to that, you're gonna to have to do it because people are. We're buying tickets. We're buying merchandise. Yeah. I'm excited to go to a game. Yeah, you got that new TV deal with Xfinity a couple years ago. That billion, that multi billion dollar deal. Like, there's no excuses to spend money. No luxury tax or not, spend the money. Go get whoever you need to get. I mean. They were talking about, you know, when they signed Bryce, they were in on Machado. There was this and that, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you should have signed them both at this point. Go get them both. You know what I mean? Like, there's why not? It would have made sense. Don, what do you have for your positive vibes? In, in feeling nostalgic today, I got really geeked out about Red October. The thought of Red October and the thought of playoff baseball in this city just made me feel so good because I'm like, I finally feel like we're like a couple moves away from being able to really kind of make a move for the wild card. I think that they are not that far now in seeing the first couple weeks of the season and seeing how this division is, probably going to play out and that you're going to be able to be in contention to make a move for a playoff to you know, make a move for a wild card. I think the thought of red October just has me like super excited. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, I'm going through the DVDs today and I'm looking at the, the, the world series DVD and I'm like, just it kind of it just makes me kind of feel warm inside. Like I I love that everything that came with that. You know, going back and watching highlights from you know the Brewer series and the Dodger series. You know, and you know seeing that highlight of stairs ripping one into the night and like just that. I, I finally feel like I think that I think seeing Nola pitch the way that he did kind of was like. I could see him pitching game one of a playoff series. And I, I want that for Bryce Harper. Agreed. I, I want to see him have the opportunity to have the spotlight and dominate a playoff series because if he can get hot at the plate, he can take over a series and he can make that, he can make that lineup good in front and behind them. And for, for a city that feels like it's made for him, like we kind of fit together. I, I, I want that for him more than I want uh, more than anything. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of geeked out for like whenever red October happens, I'm just going to, I'm going to be, I'm getting, I'm getting my popcorn ready. <laughs> I agree. Oscar, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, to the Phillies, no. It doesn't matter no. if you have anything to add to this, Oscar. It doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I unmuted you. Go ahead. I, I was gonna, I'm sorry. It doesn't even matter what I was going to say. <laughs> I had to. I had to, Oscar. You have to get muted at least like once during this show. And not just because we're all getting muted, just because you're – Still a Yankees fan at the end of the day, which makes me sick. Spot check, Oscar. The Yankees are still in last place. <laughs> <laughs> just a side, just a side. 
April. <laughs> Side note, yeah. Side note, they're I think they have the worst record in the American League. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for tuning in. I think they Sorry. do. What the hell? They, they have currently the worst record in the American League, not Ooh. just in the at least. They have five Ooh. wins. The Tigers. The Tigers have six wins. They see the twins have six wins. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's just like we could go on the field for the rest of the year, and I'm not even going to say it is what it is, you know? Oh. Listen, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber can't pitch every inning for every game for the rest no, of the year. Not. So I think, who the are, I think we could basically clone them at this point. <laughs> we just cloning Garrett Cole's. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> Oscar, bring us into our last Philadelphia sports team, please. That's a 76ers, right? You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. That was a good that was a good that was a good transition, Oscar. <laughs> Your Philadelphia 76ers. Positive notes. Oscar started off, Cuzzo. Positive notes. I think everyone finally realized how important Ben Simmons is now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Oscar. Yeah. I a thousand percent agree with that sentiment. Go ahead. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, like, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Short and sweet. Yeah, that's just, no, that's it, bro. That's it. Go. I mean, like, bury the show. I mean, he, just has, he, has just, he just has a bunch of haters. I don't get it. I'm like, damn. I, I agree. <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Anybody else want to take the wheel for this one from Oscar? Because I agree with it, but I would like somebody else to elaborate. He's a 6'11". He's a, he's a monster. Yeah. Right, we've talked. We've talked about the the pterodactyl defense with him and and Thibault on the on the outside. I think the sooner you can start to really see what that playoff rotation is going to be, and the less you see of Corpus and Max and, and Scott and and Paul Reed and like the sooner that you can start to filter out those minutes from those guys and give extra minutes to your starting five and your guy, your, your, your Howard, your Hill, your thigh bull shake coming off the bench. The, the sooner that we can get those, those cork Maz minutes and give them to someone who's going to be much more productive on both ends of the court. I think the only role for cork Maz moving forward in this kind of playoff scenario is if, you know, they're in a position where they need to just start jacking up threes and they go offense for defense and they're putting Thibel in on defense and they bring Corkmaz in on offense. Otherwise, I think you're going to roll with nine guys and and I, I, I don't see a team that is going to be a, a, a real big challenge for them considering if they're in the driver's seat for the one seed yeah. and they only have to face either – the Nets or the Bucks. I think that's the best spot to be in. I agree. Chris, go into your uh, statement. I'm not giving out my cell phone number, but if we do ever develop a, a line for the show, hell yeah, I'll give out the number. But <laughs> as of right now, we just don't have the technologies to support that. Nick, positive vibes for your Philadelphia 76ers. 
Yeah, man. I mean, JoJo is enough. It's obvious, right? You're getting to watch greatness. The dude is a generational player. So lucky that we have that. We need to take advantage of that. We can't every year you have a player like that. You have to maximize it. Right. So um, we'll see. I, I, the, in the ready to play playoff rotation is going to be key. Um, Kirk Corkmoss can go for himself. As long as far as <laughs> I don't really care right now. He can sit on the bench. He can just oh, hang out. He can play touchy, touchy feely on the bench with himself and go for it for go for it himself. So, um, Buster Posey hit another home run. Mother. Uh, what is this? 2012. I, I feel like it is. He's got four home runs. Like we're, he's on some HGH. As long as they don't bring David Ross off the bench, I'm okay. What's, what's crazy about Buster Posey is in, at Florida state, he was like the number one overall player and he played shortstop most of the time. Nice. Yeah. That's crazy. nuts. That's like how good these guys are. But, um, I mean, so we've got to just embrace the doc tenure. The coaching staff's great. Hopefully we don't lose Kissel or Jaeger get plucked. Um, from our from our rotation, I think that Daryl Morey is going to make the right choices as well when it comes to drafting and moves in the all season. George Hill, he's supposed to. Is he playing tonight? Did he play last night? Played he did, last night. He was rusty. rusty. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna. You know, I feel like the next couple of weeks they got to try and just get him more and more minutes because he's gonna come into it. You know, in the playoffs down the stretch, you're gonna come down to the final five minutes. He's gonna be on the floor a lot with Ben, especially in offense, because they're gonna have they want to have another ball handler. Right. So it makes sense. Um, but I mean, I'm all the Sixers are the team. That's the hope right now we have. We don't really have anybody else we can kind of kind of hope for. Um, the one seed would be nice because then, yeah, we, we might get we might get one of these other teams. But then that's going to force the Nets and the Bucks hopefully to play a seven game series and beat up on each other. And then we come we we're rested. We get them rested a home game. Game one, a home game, game seven against B. We got the depth. We have the defense. We have the best individual one-on-one defender and then the best probably overall defender when it comes to MD because he's always in the right spot. So I think that that is going to make a big difference. Um, to Oscar's point, uh, Ben has always been very important. I think the thing with him is people just always want more from him because he was the number one pick, right, rookie of the year, and they've seen flashes, right? You see him score 40, and you're like, okay, why can't this guy do this all the time? Right. And it's it's not his game. Um, I don't know what from people watching him play in college to now makes them think that he was anything other than what he is. He's never been a spot up shooter, a pull up shooter. That's not his game. He's attacked the rim at full speed on a on a fast break. Great core vision can handle the ball in any situation. He can get to the rim at will, but he's also going to play your best player on defense every every time down the court, and he doesn't get tired. The dude's like he's like a robot, dude. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He is. It doesn't look like he's, he doesn't even look like he's like he'll sweat, but doesn't even look like he's tired. I've never seen him like yeah. lumber like laboring. It's it's incredible. I don't understand. Like I know we, we know people rich that have been in great shape and they run all the time, but this dude's like I'm like yeah, this guy, and he's also like they said. If they just put their hand head down and run like a sprint, he might be the fastest guy one under the court to the other, like in the NBA. That's insane. So it's just crazy that you're that athletically gifted. So if we just expect him to do what he does, lock down your best player, just give me 20, attack the rim. Don't be scared to shoot free throws. Right. You know, get people going. And you, when you, the one thing that drives me nuts with him, Oscar, which is what people probably talk about, is he'll get into the lane and he'll be six feet from the rim, and then he'll jump up and instead of putting the layup up, he'll kick it twenty feet out for a three. It might be an open three, and they might make it, but that's not really the best shot right there. Just 
you know, bang it on somebody, get to the ring. That's that's what's frustrating. Uh, but I would also I would also give up probably both of my testicles since I have two kids to be like. Looks <laughs> like I'm giving them up right now. Take the testes. To be fifty percent, be fifty percent as athletic as he is. I will take that any day of the week. Oh yeah, dude. I, I think when, <laughs> when he anybody want brings they're free. What he brings on the defensive end is it is far more far more important than what he brings as an offensive player. Like where where the evolution of his game has to get to is he has to get better as a free throw shooter. Oh, so when wait. when that when that happens, that I think when he's not apprehensive about going to the line, I think that's where that trepidation comes in. Where he's driving in the lane and then he kicks it out. I yeah. think there's still some trepidation that he's going to get fouled and have Correct. to go to the line. For yeah. sure. So if he can get better in at that part of the game, I think his game is going to blow up exponentially. Because you're right, he's never going to be a jump shooter. He's never going to. He doesn't need the mid range game. He doesn't need a three pointer. What he needs to do is exactly what he's doing, which is attack the rim, but attack with the intention of whatever happens. If yep, you get fouled, right. great. If you get a dunk, great. If you get a layup, great. Just get but, there and score. But but get there and know that you by by getting fouled, that's putting that's putting your 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 opponent in a bad spot because they're gonna if they're fouling Embiid and they're fouling him, if you can get them in foul trouble, then that opens up any any of those ticky tack fouls for your other shooters. Are going to turn into, you know, one on ones, and, and and you know, free trips to the line. So for me, I, I look at it and I say, like, you got to just keep. He's got to keep attacking, but he's got to get better at the free throw line. The only so, way you get better is to keep shooting free throws. That's what I'm right. saying. Like, you're going to get better. Just keep going, bro. Like it's just a keep going. I don't care if you shoot 50, percent but if you go to the line 12 times, that's great. If you go to the line right. 10 times, that's great. I just want to see you doing it because then people will realize, like. If you're going to the line that much, you're getting like you said, like you said, Don. People are getting in foul trouble. You're putting the team in a bad spot with fouls. Just attack. If you're shooting fifty percent, it's going to end up paying dividends in the long run. Just, just keep going. No, and I completely agree with both you guys. Um, I'm looking at it is from my point of view from last night. You need Ben. Um, no matter what anybody thinks, Ben is the best on-ball defender. He would have made the world of difference last night. You put him on Steph, and you have nothing to worry about. Steph would have probably been eradicated from the game and that would have been it. Or Steph would have still put up 50. Who knows? Because Steph's just been lights out for the past five games. Um, so there's that was some, that was something else to watch. Oh my god, time. it was amazing. It was amazing. Like I watched the whole game and I'm like, holy shit. Like it's Steph a, it's lights a out. whole it's a whole different level of score. So I look at it this way. You need Ben for the playoff time. Um I brought up Joey's point for the let's go Knicks. But that uh, Brooklyn squad, man, James Harden <laughs> had a setback today. He's out indefinitely. Everybody gave the Sixers shit for when they their guys, Jimmy Butler, Tobias, Joe, Ben, weren't together. The Brooklyn Nets have played seven games together. Seven games. That's it this whole season. I'm not worried about the Nets. Moving on. Goodbye, Nets. You'll get bounced, and we won't have to see you. You'll lose to the Bucs. You'll lose to Atlanta. You'll lose to Miami. Whoever you're playing against, you're not going to see the Sixers. But that's everybody's pick because, God forbid, you bet against James Harden and 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Got, yeah, guys who can't lead a team in the playoffs for shit. So they can't lead a team in the playoffs. I'm not fucking worried about you. Sit down, take a hike. Goodbye. This is the Sixers year. If the Sixers do not make the Eastern Conference Finals and make the the championship, they make the finals, the NBA Finals, then it's a big letdown. That's something I'm worried about. But my positive bright spot is I am so happy the Sixers did not did not trade Matisse Thibel. That guy is the second best on-ball defender in the league. Everybody wants to give Rudy Gobert his props. Yes, best shot blocker one of the best rebounders, but he cannot do what Matisse does and what Ben does. Matisse out hustles anybody on that court, him and Ben. And that's something that you want out of, if you're playing a lineup in where you need to cover the nets, Matisse is starting because he's going to be on somebody. He's going to lock them down regardless of offense. It doesn't matter because you're going to be keep, you're going to be feeding Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is going to put up 50 a night because that's, that's your game plan. They're going to double him, triple him, and then they can't stop him. And then you have Matisse. Insert defense on ball, pest, pesky guy. Boom. Ben, on ball, pesky guy, creating turnovers. Danny Green, you throw him in there. Boom. You got Tobias Harris. Boom. You got Joel Embiid. I am very happy with that lineup. I mean, I think he still he still leads the league in block jumps. Like he's he's he like number in, one in all defensive in, categories, but he's 186th in, in minutes. That's crazy. Right. Right, and that and, you know, I, I hate to look at that that analytical stat of like the, the when they break down the stats per per forty when they you know they average it out for what he would play if he were playing longer minutes, but use your eyeballs. Like you don't have to look. You know, you you, you yeah. can watch that dude play defense for five possessions and know that he's going to get you, you're going to get his best. And and like I said, he's still leading. He leads the league in jump shots blocked. Like the, the way that he's able to recover and, and defend that, that jump shot when it's on the wing or when he, you know, he, he gets beat and then he blocks the, he blocks a shot from behind. You, you can't put a value on that. And no. that, I mean, he's, and he's the second guy that they've picked in the twenties that have really worked out well for them. So that, you know, they're, they're getting that value where normally in the NBA draft, anything past the top five is, you know, a crapshoot. Yeah. Agreed. Oscar, it is time for your segment. Oscar asks, what are you asking tonight, big guy? I mean, I haven't really, like, I mean, everything I wanted to ask, everybody kind of touched upon. It's like, I wanted to ask, like, who, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, who, um, who would be the biggest threat, you know, to the Sixers? And I was going to ask that to everyone. Like, I don't think the, the Nets really are, that worrisome at all, but besides them, who? I would say probably the Heat. Just Jimmy Butler is scares me, especially after his his playoffs last year. Um, the Bucks, mm. Giannis, yeah, but shut down everybody else. Let Giannis go off. I don't really think poses much of a threat. I, I'm going. I'm going to Heat. I'm probably going to say the Heat are probably the the biggest rivals to the Sixers in the playoffs. Don, what do you got? I mean, besides – I'm going to go outside the East and say, like, the Jazz. The Jazz and the Clippers maybe. They're, they're teams that, you know, have 
I, I, I want to look at teams that are going to have multiple scorers that are going to be able to kind of that, that they that they would have someone that could moderately match up with Embiid. That to me would probably be their biggest place where they would get challenged. But honestly, nobody like the, there's not a team that I'm that I look at and say we wouldn't have a shot in a seven game series. So, like, like I, I just look at in any series against any team, you could make a case that they would be that they would have an opportunity to win that series. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I agree with both you guys because when it comes to the Bucks, I just know that we match up well against them. We've proven yeah. that they. For whatever reason, they don't play good against us, and we just are. I don't know if it's we're in their heads. I think just talent wise, we're, you know, we're better than them too. So I also think that they match up better with the Nets. So they would probably prefer to play the Nets than play us because the Bucks just don't play well against us. The Heat, because of the Jimmy factor, but also because Spolster's won. He's an underrated coach. So good. After LeBron left those years where they had crap, he got them to the playoffs every year. Like he got really bad rosters to the playoffs. So um, he's a really good coach Um, in the East. It's still, I mean, if the Nets are fully healthy, like the Bucks shouldn't beat them. Right. And yeah, and the Heat shouldn't beat them. But we know how these things go. All three of those guys are better playing Robin than they are playing Batman. They want to be Batman, but when they're on the team, with, you know, Steph, who was Batman? Steph. When Kyrie's on the team with LeBron, it's LeBron. You know, when Harden's on any team, he's when he was the leader of the Rockets, they would always win a lot of games, but they would never do anything in the playoffs because um, – They'd let know, him get his and nobody else could, could help. Right. Yeah, because, and, he, and, you know, he tries – they try and do too much. They don't, they don't have, you know, the depth. Now, they lost on Marcus Aldridge, right? That hurts them because that was a big – they were counting on them to try and help them with Embiid. Um if the Lakers get Anthony Davis back healthy, I mean, they should also give us a good run, but that's a big if. I know Shaquille O'Neal talked about that injury that Anthony Davis had with the, the lower calf. He said that it happened to him, and, um, you know, he's seen other guys do that, and then they come back, they don't wait a long enough time, and then they just they just tear their Achilles, so they rupture their Achilles. Yeah. So they're probably trying to just sit him out into the playoffs and get into the playoffs and hope that that'll help. Clippers are okay. I mean, we've proven we can beat them. I'm not too worried about them either. No. Paul George is an absolute ghost in the playoffs. He's a bum in the playoffs. <laughs> playoff P. He, he's terrible. Yeah, playoff PP. Such a joke. Playoff PP. Yeah, yeah. Like you're it's you're on the court and then you have the like you're on the court doing absolutely dreck. Like you just look like a bum, and then you're gonna blame your coach for why you suck, yeah. bro. Make a shot. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, he's not he's not shooting the jump shot for you. You are make the yeah. shot. I mean, Chris um, in that the Celtics would give us a tough match. Yeah, I mean, they would, but we're not going to see them. And they're not – let's be real. They're not going to make it past the first or second round. I mean, if we – the They don't have – like, the Celtics don't have anybody that would match up with Embiid. They, don't have, enough, they don't have enough right now. You know what I mean? They, they lost uh, – they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but, like, you just it. put Ben on Tatum the whole series and then make Tatum work hard, 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 hard for every shot and then put Tybal on Brown and make him work. Yeah. And then, you know, they don't have – they're going to put Daniel Teese on Embiid all night all night, and expect that to work. It's not going to work. No. Nah. I mean, the Celtics are a decent team, but, you know, I 
if any, like, like Rich said, if we don't get to the NBA finals, it's a big letdown. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. And gentlemen, and God, God, with the Nets, Rich, and you, know, you were chiming in last night, there's one ball. There's one ball. There's one ball. Correct. So, you, you, uh, they, they, to me, haven't played enough together to no. be able to have the continuity to know what that end of the game scenario is going to be and how it's going to play out. So, yeah. I, 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 I like I like our chances in, in any matchup of any team. Yeah. I think you can make a case for the Sixers. Yeah, everybody's making the Nets out to be those 2017-18 Warriors where they everybody is taking, you know, they have three or four guys that can all score 30 a night, but those Warriors, they grew up playing together. They're well coached. Right. And at the end of the game, it was if if Clay's open, he's taking a shot. If Steph's open, he's taking a shot. If Draymond's open, he's taking a shot. And it worked for them, right? But like the Nets are all guys that are me first guys. So it's we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens. And I think you hit it on the head with the the me first. You have a bunch of guys on that team who are me first guys. They're not team players. None of those guys have been team players in their careers. They all wanted to be the front man of the band and they all couldn't hack it. But God forbid, you know, they, they form their own team together. They're like, Hey, we're, we're now we're the front runners. It, it doesn't work like that in the NBA. And no. I think, you, I think you've seen that time after time. I mean, for Christ's sake, Harden and KD couldn't win when they were together with Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Perkins right. and, and Serge Ibaka. Yeah. And, and Serge, Serge Ibaka. Ibaka too. Yeah. So you're going to tell me, <laughs> owning a fireworks stand. You don't have any whisker dues, whisker nose, with or without the scooter stick. It's, just it's not, not about you. It's about the consumer. It's about the consumer. It's about <laughs> them. The snakes and sparklers are my favorite. Oscar, mm. take us in to our last segment. It's final. It's just final thoughts. It's just final thoughts. Yeah, it's just final thoughts. But yeah, yeah. there's nothing. I, I just wanted to confuse you and act like you had to click some shit. It's just final <laughs> thoughts. So you know what? Oscar, you have some shit going on right now. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of craziness going on abroad, which hopefully you start addressing in maybe a show called <laughs> Drunk Abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Definitely. What's on your mind, Oscar? Um, it was been a wild seventy-two hours. Uh, definitely, as a fan, as a fan standpoint. You always kind of think like the owners are just there to, you know, fuck you over. And we've basically found that out front and, front and clear. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about the accessibility of games. And but what are you talking about? Yeah, you got You got to back it up. Yeah, you got to back it up because you have, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But kind of going into it. Um, what sport is this? This, this is soccer, football for um, the Europeans. Um, essentially, the top 12 clubs in the world. Um, billions of dollars worth of just just assets and just what they're worth decided, hey, you know what? We're going to create our own league, our own Champions League, our own like our own league where you can't tell us how to play and how the rules are going to be set. We're going to make it our own. Okay. They thought the whole idea was we're going to have all these superstars playing against each other weekend after week and the consumers are going to love that, you know? But they kind of forgot about the little guy. They're screwing over like the real fans, like the the ones that go to like let's say watch a Cleveland Browns, even though they were trash for the past fifteen years. <laughs> like, like there's that's the teams that they ended up screwing up. And it was literally saying like you either join us 
or you know, you're you're not going to exist anymore. And the fans kind of had enough. And um, a lot of people definitely explained it very, very well. But it's the best way of saying it is in 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 England and then abroad, a lot of teams don't have safety in the league. So like, let's say example, the Jets, they could be relegated to the lower league. What's the lower league? For the sake of comparison, it's the NCAA. Oh, wow. So First team gets delegated every year. Yeah. So that's basically as you earn your spot in the top of the league. You don't just stay there because you're a millionaire and you can afford these wages and you're just staying there because you have the safety net. So, so essentially that's why it's such an exciting competitive league is because if you suck, you're not going to be making money. You're not going to be in the top league. You're going to go lower. And there's five different leagues. So it's like basically considering all the way down to high school. Like imagine being in the top of the league for 2015 and then 2020, you're five leagues below high school level essentially. That's like what makes it really – what makes the sports over there so much more interesting and much more entertaining especially when you have, like, those little guys beating the big guys, um, which is also part of the beauty of it. A lot of people think, like, Manchester United and, like, Real Madrid and Barcelona roll through these teams. We don't. We actually have a hard time against these poorer teams. Why? Because they play with more passion. They have a chip on their shoulder. And that's what brings excitement to the game. And there was clubs that literally said, we don't want to lose to the little guys anymore. They're embarrassing us. And we have billions of dollars. So you know what we're going to do? We're just not going to invite them to this league, and we're going to lose to the big guys now. It's going to look better on us. So that's essentially the gist of it. Yeah, that's crazy. And Oscar, please, if you get this podcast up and running, actually, I'm very excited to sit in and listen on it because that was that was pretty cool. I didn't actually did not know that about uh, soccer. You imagine if the if the bottom if the, if the team that finished in last place in the NFL get relegated to like the CFL, that would be fucking amazing. And and that the win would the, be awesome. The, the, the win the winner of the Grey Cup gets promoted to the NFL. Definitely. And that happens. Well, Alabama every year. next year is is the thirty second like, team. That'd be you, crazy. You, you want to talk about not wanting to get. It avoids a tanking that, issue. Yeah, yeah. you, you, you don't can't tank because you would, That's why you these would teams lose spend so much money over there. Yeah, you would lose billions of dollars. Yeah. But that would be that would be a way to at least keep it interesting. Let's bring it out. Maybe yeah. then Howie will finally get fucking fired. <laughs> Please awesome. bring it to the NFL now. I think the NFL is too far invested because like there's no such thing as a draft over there as well. You yeah. buy players when you're nine, fifteen years old. Yeah. There's also no real equivalent to the NFL. Like college is right. a huge drop off to the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. In in the Premier League and in those, you know, those guys that are playing on some of the junior teams in like Germany and England would come over here and dominate. You know what I mean, Oscar? Yeah. They're just because they're just bred to play soccer when there's little kids. Mm-hmm. So like the competition is still much better. So it's like you like it. That's why people talk like these Alabama and LSU teams. Like, could they beat the Browns? Could they beat the Jets? I'm like, no, the Jets, as bad as they are, they would still win like 42 to nothing. They would smoke all pros. They're still still professionals. It's not even a comparison. You know, it's like you can't compare the two. Nick, what are your final thoughts? What what do you got? I want to know what you got right now because you're spinning some wheels. I see some shit going on in your head. What do you got? 
I mean, there's there's always so much going on. I don't really have much. I just uh, I just plan on hitting a lot of dingers this weekend, Rich. That's it. <laughs> we do have nippers at Stalford Field in Defford. So hitting dingers. Yeah. I got my swing back. I'm gonna I'm gonna curl the babe before I leave because he's an absolute unit, and I'm just gonna get husky and just hit some dingers. <laughs> I like it, dude. I like it. Tom, what are your final? Uh, so I. I went a little deep on this because I I love I, I saw I love all the stuff that MLB does with Jackie Robinson Day. Okay. And I love how they have every player wear 42 and they've retired. And, and it made me think about like, all right, well, who are guys in other leagues where you could maybe, you know, make that equivalent? Because they talk about Jackie Robinson all the time, but they don't talk about the guys in the other leagues. So I, just out of curiosity, I just went and started looking up like who are who were the guys that broke color barriers in in those other leagues and like so Willie O'Ree is a guy who broke the color barrier in in hockey who okay. ended up who played with the Bruins um, yeah he was a good player too and he was a real good player he ended, he's in the Hall of Fame uh, I, I saw I, I was listening to an interview with him and he actually met Jackie Robinson when he was younger. Um, Earl Lloyd played for the the Rochester Royals. Um, there, there, and then there were four guys who uh, who broke into the the NFL. Um, but just kind of going and and seeing, like I I love what they do, but I'm really I was really curious why some of those other guys why, why those other guys aren't kind of celebrated as much as Jackie Robinson was. And I know there's a lot that he did because he was the first and it, it got a lot of notoriety. Um, but it just kind of made me dive deep into like, just trying to figure out just something that I was curious about. And like, I thought about, well, if, if they did that for, for the other sports, what would that number be? What would be a guy that you would say, we're going to honor this guy. We're, we're going to have every player wear his number. That's tough. Maybe 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 a, a you know a, a conversation for another day, but it just that's let me yeah, it, let's it, let's touch on this because yeah. I like that. I like that sentiment, and I think that would be a great show because as of right now, I can't, I can't tell you like you have to kind of like you have to look past the person almost who's wearing yeah. the jersey. It just can't be for their accomplishments on the court or on the field or on the ice. It has to be their who they are as a whole. So I like that, Don. That's yeah. some good critical thinking right there. I like that. I like that. Try to go a little deep. I like that. For uh, my final thoughts, um, I keep seeing the question posed on Facebook, or not Facebook, on Twitter, of athletes in their respective sports that you couldn't see, like that you want to see injury-free. And then Greedy Sizemore popped up. And just like remember playing like Nick, you know, like MLB so like, good. or not even MVP 2005 at my house or Jeff's house. Like we carried this game around and it's who's on the Indians at that time. Grady Sizemore. Who was the stud that you wanted to be? Grady Sizemore. And it's, it's so crazy that former Philly. Yeah. Former Philly. Uh, yeah. Play us for a little bit. It just makes you like, look at like, damn, like he was that good in high school. He was that good in college. And then he got to the pros. He was that good, but just kept getting hurt. So my question to you, because I would, I just want to stick to actually no. Let's let's do all let's do all three, or let's do all four. Let's do all four sports. Uh, we'll go around the horn, 
um, and say, who would you want to see their career be better and not like halted by injury? So I'll go first. So definitely I'm going to say Eric Lindros for, for my flyers. I have to, Eric Lindros was a monster. I would love to see what he was capable of. Um, Basketball. I, I like I like what Jose uh, uh, Jose and Joey what he said Grant Hill because Grant Hill would have been LeBron before LeBron so I I do agree with Grant Hill but um, give me Anthony Hardaway though give give me give me him um, give me for baseball Griffey I need the kid man I wanted to see the kid would have broke the home run records and for football Andrew Luck man Andrew Luck I would love to see Andrew Luck. Still playing in the NFL. Don, what are your four? All right. So baseball and football, I'm gonna go combo. Bo, Bo Jackson. Bo. Bo. Like Bo Jackson is a guy who you all just know tore, th- tore through everything. Um and, and is a guy that I would have loved to see be able to kind of play that both roles and because he at the time he was killing both leagues. And he was doing it very effortlessly. Um, NBA, Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is a guy who I would have loved to been able because he had a really his ascent through you know through college and into the pros. I mean, his he was just a guy who was just kind of destined to be at the top of the league, and then just got crushed by injuries. Um, when you said hockey, Rich, when you said Lindros, Lindros was the first guy I thought about because yeah. nobody you know, else I'd want to see have a better career than Eric he, Lindros. And, and, you know, the, the whole deal with him and his parents and, and that whole drama nonsense. Um, and, you know, now having heard him, you know, kind of speak post-career, come back to the, you know, he's now an ambassador for the Flyers and, yep. you know, kind of reconciled, you know, with the franchise. And I really just would have loved – that opportunity that they had to play the stand when, when they when they played the Red Wings, I would have really loved for that to be able to play out, and, and for him to have that redemption story of being able to be on the ascent into agree being in the that that Mount Rushmore category for the Flyers because he could have been he he could have and should have like let's be real. Lindros is probably one of the greatest we'll ever see play in the Flyers uniform. Nick, who are your four? Yeah, I mean, Rich, you, you were thinking a lot like me, so I'll, I'll uh, go a little bit older school with a lot of them. But Lindros is the one that jumps out at me just because it, I said it before. If you played in today's NHL where it's less checking and less, you know, you can't hit guys in the middle of the ice, he'd be the best player like we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like he's, he's a better skating version of Ovechkin, basically Ovechkin in his prime. And Lindros are basically the same exact player, except Lindros, like for as big as he was, he's bigger than me, and he could skate, and he could just he was he moved so well. And he's just a freak. Um, NBA, I like the Penny Hardaway, but I'll go with another guy, and I'll just say Brandon Roy because I love Brandon Roy. Yeah, buddy, wow, that's a must Washington. That's a good one. That that Blazers team had, you know, they had and they had bad luck, right? You take Greg Oden over Durant because you have Brandon Roy, and both of them have problems with the injury bugs. It's like. It's really a shame they were both really good players, and you could just see his kind of was like like Penny at least had some really dominant years in the NBA. Brandon Roy, like you see, he had one or two really good years, and then you just saw them just start the the injuries, the meniscus stuff, the 
ACL stuff just wears on guys. You can talk about like Jay Williams with the car accident. He didn't even really get his or the motorcycle accident, his career off off the start. You know, he's one of the greatest players at Duke ever. Um, when it comes to MLB, Griffith's my favorite player ever. But lucky, luckily for him, he's still, in my opinion, a top five player ever, just because he was so good at everything. Like his stretch of his prime is just it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So I'll say I'll go with two. I'll go with two pitchers that we saw when we were kids shine and you thought they had the makings of being the best one two punch ever and injuries flamed out which were Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor together. Yeah. yeah. Both, were both unreal. Um and then you just saw them kind of flame out. Um Bo Jackson was a great pull. Yeah. Best athlete ever. And it's just yeah. that injury like if that would it's just crazy because stuff like that that hip injury is tough. But if that happened today, he might have taken a year or two off and he would have been back playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for NFL stuff, Andrew Luck, I love. I miss Andrew Luck. I, I saw a video the other day. Somebody was like, um, they posted like a highlight video. They're like, we miss Andrew Luck, and I was like, yeah. he was just so good, and he was he yeah. was tough, and he was just so good. I remember we went, Rich. If you remember, we went to that. Uh, we went to hit in like Flemington. We went to that softball tournament. Yeah, in the playoff game where they were losing. I don't know if it was it the Chiefs they were losing to. I think they were losing to big, and they came back and won. He came yeah. back and he threw like four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and beat them in the playoffs. Mm. That game, we were watching it in between our games. It was kind of crazy. It was ridiculous. Uh, NFL, I'll say Gail Sayers is one because um, he was supposed to be like the best running back ever for five years. And then he had that, um, he got in a car accident. Yeah. And it ended his career. And then the other one, which surprised that, especially Don didn't say, is Jerome Brown because he was one of the best players. Uh. <laughs> he died in 1992, right? He got in a car accident and died. Yeah. And wow. he, never, he only got to play a couple of years of, of his career, and you saw how dominant he was. Um, so I, I, those are the guys that I would think, like, I mean, it's tragic, too, because they died. Same thing with, like, Pelly Lindbergh, right? He's one of the, yeah, he was, the, was going to take over for Bernie Perrant, gets into his car, has a girl sitting on his lap, hammered drunk in that stretch in Heinella right there, and – we know the wall. We know yeah, the wall. I live right next to it. A couple years ago. Damn. Wow. We, I think we might have smoked on that wall once or twice. Not gonna lie. Just oh, once. No. Just stuff down that. That was that was for Pelly. Oscar, give me your four. Let me get three because I hockey. I, mean, I have no idea who I would. Yeah, use. that's fine. Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we going like MLB? Um. Ken Griffey is always going to be my first choice because he could have been so much greater. But like Nick said, he is considered great though. So like, I know, but he should have been. He should. Have he would have been. been yeah, he would have been up there at Bonds for sure. Yeah. Should have nine hundred home runs. But I mean, are, are we going to pass on? I mean, are we going to go on people who pass away too quickly? That pitcher from the Marlins a few years ago. Uh, yeah. Jose Hernandez. Don't drive a boat extra fast. High on cocaine. Come on, bro. Yeah. I mean, time into the jetty. So sad. Speaking of that, Josh Hamilton is another guy who. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about him, but I was like, you know what? He he chose to do drugs. So, yeah. He wouldn't just stop. That's hard. It's hard. I thought about that too, though. I was like, Josh Hamilton was so He was so good. He was number one. So good. And that that home run derby at Yankee Stadium. Uh, He was unreal. He was just crushing balls. Monster. Go ahead, ask. Um, NBA, I'm going to go with Tracy McGrady because, I, I mean, 
he was just chronically hurt. He it didn't really like derail his career, but he was never like top. Should've been, yeah, should have yeah. been so much better. I love Tracy McGrady. Team the, the game where he scored 13 points in or 31 sec or yeah, nine seconds is ridiculous, and he won the game. Oh yeah, dude, it's nuts. And then which other one? Oh, NFL. Ray Rice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> the NFL, honestly, this is going to be a wild one. And I don't know why I thought about him. It was, I guess, because of fantasy football. Um, Priest Holmes, remember how, how crazy? Yeah. No, that's that's a good one, Oscar. It is. It's and then, like, what did he do? Break his ankle and just never return? He yeah. came back. He came back, but he wasn't the same. He played on, like, the Broncos. Yeah. He was just yeah. Like, he, he, uh, it's it's and then Larry Johnson kind of took over. They kind of just went right into another really good running back. Yeah. He had the same. Larry Johnson's the same type of player. He had a couple of really good years, and then he, he started getting banged up, and then they just moved on from him. Priest Holmes was was so good. Fantasy football. He was like if you had during those years, if you had Priest Holmes, Ladainian Tomlinson, you're probably winning the league. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah very yeah. yeah. You're like Gentlemen, I got one or two. I'm good. You know, it's been real. It's been fun. Positive vibes all the way through. Not much negativity. You love to see it. Um, Rich, Don, Nick, Oscar, thank you for joining us. We are Drunk on Broad. Peace out, Philly. Enjoy 425. Oh, Oscar dipped. All right, dope. Gentlemen, it's, it's still a lot. What the hell? Oscar, what did you 